Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. We in Outshine. Bitcoins, we got them. Acquire, never sell. But catch us rolling deep like a Dell. Bitcoin, blockchains, cryptocurrency. Three guys faded talking Bitcoin, no fee. That's the free Bitcoin podcast, insane. And adoption is still the only thing, thing, thing that matters, man. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Bitcoin podcast, episode number 130. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. Host number three, Corey. What's up, guys? What up, man? You had a hell of a week, man. You want to you recap? Tell us all about it? Oh, man. It's, my brain is still kind of melted from all of that. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a show, man. So I was at Coindesk Consensus. And it melts. It's just so there's so many people, and I mean, um, what's up? Like a like a chocolate melt over ice cream, or like a patty melt, deep cheese melting. No, like, like like a like a like a vinyl let out in the sun for too long, or something, just like melting over stuff. Mm. <laughs> it still kind of has a form. It's just it's just had enough. Yeah, like that kind of a melt. Okay. Yeah, I'm on. I'm in recovery mode. Okay. It was. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But... Yeah, it was a uh, just a ton of people, and the I also went to Token Summit, and I thought it was starkly different. The tone of the two different conferences, and the, you know what 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 fueled the conference and why people were there with with consensus. It was you could. You could see the sharks just patrolling, looking, trying to find out where the money is because it's very clear that there's a lot of money getting thrown <laughs> around in the space. And that, that was evident by the after parties being put out by the various vendors and stuff and, and, and projects doing announcements. Like just just stupid money in downtown New York getting, getting thrown at things to try and just try and get that attention, right? Because that's... That's the number one commodity. It's the number one resource that people are after right now is attention. Because if you can convince this ridiculous wall of money that's trying to find the right place to put it, then you can you could find yourself a millionaire real quick. Ah, uh, where was any that, Did any of that money have Velcro on it? If it stick to us, I don't know. No, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> was there any like? Bitcoin personalities you met that like you built them up in your head and then when you met them they were disappointing no I think I don't I don't think so like everybody that I met was granted I didn't spend a lot of time watching the talks because it was clear a lot of the talks were just paid for and it's this front-facing um, who can give the best presentation Come check out our GitHub for more information type stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, it, TED talk. It's, it's, I mean, it, some of the, the panels, I think the panels were really interesting because they brought out a lot of, you know, discourse about what's currently going on and the current 
state of regulation, the current state of you know how to do a token sale. There's a lot of really cool stuff you can check out on the videos, right? But what's the resource you you can't get later when you're at a conference? Is actually talking to these people and figuring out who's who's trying to solve problems and who's trying to make money. So I just didn't watch a lot of it unless there was a panel that I was really interested in. I just would rather walk around and kind of have a beer with some people that I had been trying to meet for a long time. And that ended up being, I think, a better way of spending my time for both Consensus and um, Token Summit. I think it didn't help that the price just went bonkers during that week, too. I think that distracted yeah. a lot of people. Well, that, that just well, that just hyped the the same FOMO machine that was currently running before the, 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 the conferences, right? Like, everyone's like, oh, my God, it's happening. During this whole thing, prices going through the roof. While I, ironically, the usability of the of the currencies is you know diminishes because the price is going through the roof, and that's all people talk about. We're like, I'm sitting here in the quarter, being like, this is this is nuts. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It, I think there's a good amount of people in the space that really, really, really knew this is a bubble, right? We're we're in a bubble, and this is a crazy bubble. But it's really a matter of like, but we don't really know when it's going to come down. Like, we were yet the beginning of it. Where we at just the like the tip top of it, so it's it's hard to say. We, it's clear now mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing a price yeah, correction. It's clear now. <laughs> <laughs> we're seeing a price correction now, but before that, it's you can't. You can't I don't know. I knew yeah. it was way overvalued, um, just because of how fast it got to that value. But mm. it was one of those exponential things. Like if it would have kept going at the rate it was going, it would have gone. You know, it would have flown past three k. For Bitcoin price, you know, Ethereum would have probably gotten to 300 and then so on and so forth. And then it comes down hard to something that's higher than what it was before we thought it was a bubble. Not done yet, guys. Oh, I know. It's, like, it's this wait. is just a 24 hour <laughs> period of price drop. Yeah. Like, as soon as the traders are done, it's going to get fucking whack, wacky. Well, I'll ask you some, hey, Corey, I'll ask you some quick questions about consensus. Yes or no? So when the price was going like bananas, were there like hyper realistic uh, go go bot dancers? Go go bot dancers. Yeah, like sexy robots. Oh, they did like the opening ceremony did have this like weird dancers on this on the stage for some oh, reason. So there were there were sexy dancers. I don't I don't understand why they were there, and it's like a guy in a suit singing a song. I just want to understand if they're following standard protocol. Okay, so there were sexy dancers. Uh, were there any uh, just hyper slender tall dudes in double breasted suits with stiff collars? That was there, for sure. The amount of suits at Consensus was mesmerizing. I've never seen so many well dressed people who probably didn't know what was going on. What about hyper slender dudes? Look like he pulled them straight out of Eon Flux. There probably there probably was a few of those dudes. Wait, what, Corey? What? your opinion on suits do you feel like people wear suits because they don't know how to dress anymore or do you feel like people who do know how to dress wear nice suits the mixture of that i don't know it's like i was wearing t-shirts the whole time because i'm not trying to find (laughs) money like my purpose of me being there is not because i'm trying to make that money or like it convince traditional investors that i have an idea they should listen to like i don't don't give a shit like i want to i'm just trying to see what's going on and talk to people what was Epstein wearing? 
Epstein was wearing like some slacks, a nice, a nice, nice shirt. Good, but it wasn't like there was no one like. I don't know. He he looked the exact same that he looks almost every time I've seen him. <laughs> this is not a. Well, we have to coordinate because if we go to DevCon and D's suited up and you're wearing like jogging pants and I'm in the middle somewhere. Oh, no, you can be damn sure <laughs> I'm swagged out all day. <laughs> hey, I've um, got Bitcoin podcast stuff on so people can see me and walk up to me and say, hey, you do the Bitcoin podcast. And I'm like, yep, I do. Yeah. I'll just wear a T-shirt with a slack jacket. Not That's not a thing. A T-shirt that's with a, a sports jacket. It's that, ca- it's that, it's that you know, casual shabby. Like, D, yeah. do you want do you want um you want a, a hanky a suit hanky that's branded with our podcast? You must think I'm a douchebag because no, I don't. Like, what about don't what about a Bitcoin <laughs> podcast do rag? Would you wear a Bitcoin podcast do rag? No, I would not wear a Bitcoin podcast do rag. Why not? I'd wear a Bitcoin podcast grill though. I'd put that in my mouth. A TVP on the front. How about I'll, I'll wear like. A redneck handkerchief on my head, Bitcoin podcast. I mean, I can I can get you that. I can get you some cufflinks. We can cover. I would wear up. the Bitcoin podcast cuff, and I would wear the Bitcoin podcast belt buckle on the front. Can we make like Texas I, Texas I like size Bitcoin nice. podcast belt buckles? Yeah, like, I can I can do that for rodeo you. style. I would like to look nice. So I wear boots when I go out, and that would look you that will. would just that would exacerbate the look. Let's do that. I'll get you a quote. <laughs> okay. Hey, another question: Were there hors d'oeuvres? Yeah, lots of hors d'oeuvres. Was it was it hard to tell what kind of food it was? No, I, I, not really. It's mostly like bacon wrapped dates and okay, little then. tiny sandwiches. Were there Bitcoin groupies? If you want yeah, to call, that's an important question. Yeah, there were. In various various shapes and forms. Some were obvious, some were not. I see. Where are you getting where are you, where you, what are you getting at with this? What you, which, what's what's the conclusion that's forming in that brain of yours about these questions? M- me and there being a yes to the Bitcoin groupies or not? All the questions you just asked me. Is it Well is, one, I want to see if they're sta- following standard issue badass party protocol. You oh, the parties? Dancers. I mean, oh, it's just dude. one big party where people oh, dude. to learn. So Brock Pierce and some other folks threw a party the first night for the, I guess, the, you know, the anniversary for the pizza party. First purchase, right? Mm-hmm. First, you know, the first purchase was a was a pizza for 10,000 Bitcoins. Yeah. Athena Bitcoin was there. And, um, yeah, I talked to Gil. That was fun. And it, like, I was there, I was there kind of early. And it was it was a really nice venue, real chill. Had a couple drinks, and I was like, "But it was it was chill, right? There wasn't like a lot going on." And then all of a sudden, I see like twenty dancers, I guess you could call them, come through the door dressed up in all kinds of shit. Half of them were women, half of them were men dressed like women. Like, mm. like trannies, or I don't know. I won't, maybe trannies isn't the correct terminology for this, but they were yeah, they okay. were men dressed <laughs> up like women. Whoa! And they went, <laughs> and then they're like things dressed up like pieces of pizza and lips 
and all kinds of weird shit. And then from then, it was like, snap, this is a party now. <laughs> and, things went, and things just progressively got more nuts than there. Mm. Was was there a lot of Wiz Khalifa being played? I don't remember. Just normal, normal party club. No, you find, gotta keep in mind, it's still a nerd party. They can get down. Like yeah, that. but I found Wiz Khalifa is just the right amount of thuggery for anyone to get involved. He's like the, like, you can, anyone can listen to Wiz Khalifa, and it's okay. Like, even grandmas could listen to Wiz Khalifa. So I think that Wiz Khalifa is usually a good standard-issue hip-hop artist to throw into a party. I, was, I got drunk, I don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> Right, that's is, why, because no one remembers Wiz Khalifa. This is a sad episode. Why is that? This is the last episode I can tell you about Escrow My Bits. Oh. After sad. over 100 episodes Two of years. supporting the website. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you guys about that. Please don't fast forward. This is kind of like the moment in silence ad. Uh, this episode... Even Corey going to consensus, it's all brought to you by the great folks at escrowmybits.com. It's fast, it's super easy, and it only takes three steps. All you got to do is register. All you got to do is deposit. Seller ships the item, buyer checks the goods, and then the funds are released. And they also offer Bitcoin escrow with a locked exchange rate. They they do. They do. Call about family. <laughs> They charge a small flat escrow fee of 1% on all escrow transactions, and they even offer you the ability to split the fee with the other party. So they thought of everything. You know what I mean? Escrow My Bits was created to solve all the problems wrong with the type of escrow services currently around. Their goal is to make using escrow as simple as possible. And I think they did that. So for the last week, Corey D and I, we want there to no longer be any excuses on why not to use that service this week. So start using that process. Go to that website. Sign up for that newsletter. Stay up to date where you can escrow your shit with escrow my bits. Tears. Single tear. You know what would be funny? Uh, I don't know why I thought of this while you were thinking, talking about escrow my bits, but like, what if Brad Pitt's character had to sign off on escrow when he received his wife's head in the box from Kevin Spacey's character on the movie Seven. <laughs> he had to sign like, for it. It would have really taken away from the moment if he had to sign <laughs> for the box. Yeah, I guess the goods are been. what they were supposed to be. Oh, man. <laughs> What's in the box? I don't know, sir. You've got to sign here, though. Before I I'll can... tell you what. You go to like Crypto yeah, Watch and look at the the home screen. That's a lot of red. Oh yeah, like everything is going down. Everything is red. But they all red. You, you know how I finally figured out like I think I figured out I have nuts of steel. Is when you can look at your portfolio and see it go down by tens of thousands of dollars and not care. <laughs> You're just like, oh man, that's crazy, crazy day. And then you just yeah. you just go on about your day and you don't give a damn. Yeah, I and don't. you just yeah, and then you wake up the next morning and you're like, oh, cool, went back up a few. Okay, all right, cool. What kind of coffee am I gonna drink today? <laughs> there <laughs> like, is it's 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 almost like a detachment from like 
and any other type of asset, people would be yeah. raising, like screaming hellfire. And especially even like the way I save money and invest. And this, I get like fluctuations of thousands of dollars all the time. And it's like, okay, it, it'll be, it'll be more later. <laughs> you know, like, what is it? Uh, I just have, I, I make up moments in my mind as for when I'm at like at like a summer picnic party and people are inevitably talking about portfolios and they're like, my portfolio did pretty poorly last month. I lost about 3%. I'm just going to say, dude, I fucking wiped my ass with 3%. You need to get on my level, son. <laughs> like, <laughs> a- I want to hear more investors who talk like that. Uh, if everybody in the financial world talk like that, I think, I don't know, it'd be, it'd be, be- it'd be the best. That's where I'd spend all my time. I wiped my ass with Get on my Get level, son. <laughs> Why don't you go eat your potato salad in the corner with talking that shit? Out of here. No. Anyways, that's a a fantastical moment brought to you by D's brain. He has from time to time. <laughs> um, what else is out there in the Bitcoin world that we can discuss? Well, I made I said something on Twitter last week. I had a moment. I had a shower thought, and when I wasn't in the shower, because I was thinking about like our name, the Bitcoin podcast, and how confusing that is to newcomers. Because they're like, I hear this blockchain stuff going on. There's Ethereum. That's cool. Litecoin. There's Bitcoin. What the fuck? They talk about all things. They don't just talk about Bitcoin. But I said something along the lines of, we rep Bitcoin because Bitcoin, you, you have to understand Bitcoin to even begin to understand how any of that other shit works. And so since we started with Bitcoin, and way, way, way back in the day was used to be something the community knew like as a whole it's not going to be that way anymore a capital b stood for bitcoin the technology and a lowercase b stood for currency that's no longer going to be something people that's just things that fall to the nobody knows that category because you get new people that come in and they think bitcoin's just a word and they don't know that there's that subtle difference between that but I wanted to say, like, our show, just because we don't talk about Bitcoin all the time, doesn't mean we're not repping Bitcoin, because we have the capital B name. So, I just wanted to throw that out there to all the listeners that are listening that may be getting confused as to why we talk about so many different things all the time. Well, a lot is happening in this space, and it's not just about Bitcoin anymore. Bitcoin is cool, but there's a lot of other things that are cool, too. So... Do you, have, do you have shower thoughts in your actual shower? Uh, most times when I'm in the shower, I'm not having shower thoughts. I'm having plan my day thoughts. But I have a lot of shower thoughts right before I go to bed. And consequently, a lot of shower thoughts before I drop and do. <laughs> so. All right. What about you? When are your you shower thoughts? Shower thoughts? I don't have shower thoughts. Bullshit. You say it like every week. Hey, here's just a shower thought from Cello. Like you say it on the show. <laughs> I think of life pro tips. I don't think life. about shower thoughts. Give us a life pro tip. All right. So when I'm trying to take a nap on Sunday, my kids always wake me up. So here's a life pro tip. 
right before you take a nap, you tell your kid to wake you up in an hour so you can clean the garage, and they'll leave you alone. Life pro tip. <laughs> Whoa, that's All right. fucking wisdom right how about, there. How about this? This is actually in the Slack. So for those of you who want more Cello life pro tips, we got, repeat after me. This is from Cello. The delivery business is not tech. Also, people are expensive, exclamation point. And also, you won't achieve that perfect efficiency curve. Give us the thought power behind those those nuggets of wisdom that you put in well, the Slack. I was, I was talking to uh, Amadeus Elias. I was talking to Elias, <laughs> and he wasn't answering me back. <laughs> so if you, I mean, if you read that out of context, it'd be weird. But I was talking to him, and he just blew me off. So I don't see, I don't see. Elias, there it is. That's like thirty minutes, three hours after that. Well, I was like D. I was taking a deuce at work, and I was pulling up Slack. Okay. <laughs> the best deuces are the deuces on the clock. Oh, um, yeah. You know they make an application? It's not made from blockchain. Sorry, guys. But it will calculate the amount of money that you make while pooping at work. Uh, and keep track of that. Yeah. It'll keep track of that. There, there's an app for that. I got to get that app because... <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I'm sure you can Google app that calculates money made from pooping and you'll get it because <laughs> that's, that's how Google works. That's, that's a fun like conversation starter right there. Hey, check yeah. this out. Like, whoa, how much? That's crazy. That's a lot of money. That's how much money I make while I'm taking a shit. Yeah. yeah. The app icon <laughs> needs to be an American flag with a giant bald eagle because that's the most American thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Oh my God! If you guys want to see America, go to a Bucky's fucking gas station yeah. on I thirty five. That's huge. There is a beef jerky ordering station. Like you go up to like a chef looking dude, and there's a wall of beef jerky behind him, and you would like, I would like the hot and spicy Szechuan deer meat, please. And he'll go coming right up, and he'll go back, and he'll package some beef, some venison jerky for you. Like, there's a wall of jerky. I can't understand it. And then there's, it's the most American thing I've ever seen in my life. It's like a gas station and a Walmart and a Costco rolled into one small thing on the side of the highway with a beaver face on it. It's just amazing, dude. I'm Costco. I love you. Here. Welcome the, to the Costco. The thing with that is, it's obnoxiously large, but it's always full. Yeah, There's man. Like I don't. Three hundred gas stations, like little gas station slots, and they're all. We're running there. off the rails here. I think we should get to the interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah we should probably talk. About... What? It's like talking about H E B. People are like, "What the fuck is H E B?" Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our guest today is uh, Darren Seymour, who is the CEO of Sphere, and he spells that kind of weird. That's www.sphre.co. They are an identity management firm focused on blockchain projects. The really cool thing and the reason why they're on our show is because they recently announced a partnership with Airbits. What? what? Airbits. Shout out to I Paul miss, Pui. Talk to him. Yeah, I miss MK Lords for her sweet, soft, yet authoritative female voice. And I miss Paul Pui eating a bowl of Yoplait on the show. We gotta, <laughs> get them, we gotta get them back on. Uh, oh, yeah, Airbits. They're a data security platform. Uh, and mobile Bitcoin wallet. So you might be thinking, how do I get in on that? 
So Sphere recently announced a crowd sale for their token, powering the Air Platform, beginning June 1st. So enjoy your Memorial Day, hot dog and beer, and then afterwards go invest in that, and you can hear all about it right now. If you want to invest in that, (laughs) do your due diligence, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to be careful with stuff nowadays. That's all I got to say. Just go research things. Look it up. Yeah. If you want to do that. We're we're like, you know, Jimmy Fallon and we have like Brad Pitt on. I'm just telling people to go see the movie. You know. That's nailed it. It's a sucky movie. Nailed it. You're not going to complain to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's very true. Well, without further ado. Here's Mr. Seymour. Here it is. This dude looks like George Clooney. Hey, everybody. I am here with uh, Mr. Darren Seymour, director at Sphere. And they are parting with our good friends at Airbits. You know, we've had uh, Paul Pooey on uh, a number of times and MK Lords in the past. So they're good friends of the show. And uh, he's teaming up with them to power. Uh, kind of a secure blockchain-based identity management system. Uh, so we brought him on to kind of talk about that a little bit. So Darren, uh, you know, let's start all the way at the beginning. You know, if you could tell us a little bit about your professional history and what kind of led you to Sphere. Yes, um, thank you for having me on. Um, yes, I've been in IT now since I guess the early '80s or late '80s, around about. I think I've probably done every job actually in corporate IT. I've been a software engineer. I've um, been a manager, um, a global director, um, and I've done various different things over the years. Um, And yeah, I think about two and a half years ago or so, I started working on a project part-time informally with a few people that I knew in the the Bitcoin blockchain space. And um, yes, uh, Air, the product Air that we're working on started to develop from there. And then we decided to formalize things a little bit and we had some more ideas about what we could do. And, um, you know, obviously we're very interested in decentralization and we're also interested in building a fairer system, uh, both for uh, on the Internet and also in terms of how a, a corporate structure could be used to benefit not just the corporate itself, but also the people that uh, the users of the the um, the products of that corporation. So yeah, that's basically led us to where we are now, which is the a digital identity product that um, pays you in micropayments actually for using it. Every time you transact, you'll receive a micropayment, which you then you can use to transfer, or you can transfer to fiat currency, or um, or use to transact buy things online and so on. So hence the need for the um, the very uh, excellent Airbits integration and working with Paul and the team there. So yeah, that's what's led us here. Awesome. And then, so I guess we can dive deeper into what makes the edge security by Airbits so great. Uh, how specifically is that going to be able to benefit people? Uh, for us, of course, I mean, you know, what we liked about Airbits was really the whole experience. I mean, it's very easy to use. And also, you know, uh, in terms of development, we could do a whole host of things using it. So, you know, for us, it was an obvious choice, really. And also, uh, Paul and the team at Airbits are really helpful and, um, you know, really open to our ideas. So it's really, you know, a meeting of minds, really, from our side and also from Paul's side. 
Um, so yeah, that's why we've decided to to go with Airbits, and I think it's a great choice. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, finalising the development and getting Air on the on the market so people can start to use it. So you've been, I guess, you have this idea of creating a like a blockchain identity or decentralized identity system using a blockchain. And from what I've read on the website, you're, you're leveraging Hyperledger to kind of go after, it seems as though you're, you're really looking to go towards the enterprise level of identity management. Is that is that true? Mm-hmm. Um, it's There are two components, actually, to, to Air. One is the underlying platform. We call it the Air platform, and it's the underlying platform that supports uh, corporate uh, customers, enterprise customers, actually, for, you know, obviously corporate identity and also KYC, AML processes. So we have that. Uh, and then we decided that we would build our own application on top because we're interested in new models. And I think blockchain has presented now new opportunities with technology. That's one side of things. But it also offers a new approach to who actually the way a corporation could be structured. I mean, I'm not talking about a DAO as, uh, in that context. I'm talking about a, a company, of course, that has a, a corporate structure, but it also offers new opportunities to be fairer with the customers of that particular company. So for us, blockchain enables us to revenue share directly with our users, which is, you know, obviously we're, we're a company and our aim is to make uh, profit, but you know, when we look at corporate profit today, we see off the scale corporate profit. I think Bill Gates is worth more than some countries. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, so what we're trying to do is say, hey, you know, we the company can make money, it can be successful, it can do good things, but also it can it can be active in a more ethical way and share out with its users. Um, um, it's it's values, and that's that's also somewhat inspired almost by blockchain as a technology. But now we've just overlaid that on top of a of a business model. So um, yeah, that's that's the aim, and I think it's the right way to go. And, pro- and probably, I would say, as as we see more and more blockchain adoption, that many companies may want to go in this direction because, of course, you know, I think users want some value now for what they're sharing, you know, their personal data and so forth is a commodity. They are a commodity. So why should they not receive value for what they're sharing rather than just giving it away for so-called free services like, you know, being able to use Gmail. Sorry to call out on Google there, but, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Gmail is not free, (laughs) however much you think it is. Although they make great products. I mean, I really respect Google, of course, like I'm sure everybody does for what they've achieved. But the fact of the matter is, is... um, you know, they're making too much money and not sharing it with their user base, which I think is really uh, not the right way forward. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up, you know, value and adoption. Um, you know, I was doing a little bit of research and then found that, you know, cryptographic tools kind of like this that deal in managing and protecting privacy, they've been available for I don't know, 10, 15, maybe even more yes. years. But I guess the general public doesn't really show much interest in using uh, these protecting techniques, uh, you know, mm. uh, if I want to discuss the psychology, do you think that most people just don't care until it happens to them? Like they get hacked and then they start caring, or do you just think that maybe the user experiences are just too complex? I, I think it's a little bit of both actually. I mean, you know, I was talking to someone a week or so ago when we were talking about, you know, really around the concepts 
And they just said, well, people don't really care. I don't believe that. I don't believe that people don't care about their privacy. I think it's, you know, it's a human right to have a uh, privacy and control over your own information. That is a right. Um, and also, of course, crypto, uh, cryptographic tools are somewhat difficult to use if you're a normal user, of course. So again, blockchain enables us to simplify all of that for the user, uh, which you know obviously enables a greater level of security. You know, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll start to bring hacking down, and we'll we'll start to enable people to control how they transact and also um, you know how they transact their data as well. I mean, this is also a name of of ours is to you know if someone wants to have a look at your data for analytical purposes, for instance, then they've got to pay for it which I think is a fair trade. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, I think these things are actually really important. So, you know, the way I see identity, the way I see blockchain is a new substrate. You know, it's a new layer on top of the Internet that enables us to transact in a way that is much more secure and also puts control back into the hands of users rather than large corporations, which is as it is now. So, yeah, it's taking the internet back if you somewhat, I mean, you know, I've been called a utopian. Some people have called me that. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But I also believe that it, it, it is possible to achieve this. And um, that, that's really the mission uh, that I have alongside I, the people that I work with, of course. Yeah. I also feel like a lot of the sentiments you've recently shared with us just a second ago um, are shared amongst the entire blockchain scene in terms of the ideals and what we're trying to push and what we're trying to create and like i would say that like the prices of the cryptocurrency the various cryptocurrencies are a reflection of people's desire to bring forth that future what mm-hmm. what what separates sphere from people also trying to do similar types of endeavors that you're doing like you know organizational structure and creating you know, unstoppable blockchain organizations like Aragon's trying to recently do with their ICO or you know, other, mm-hmm. other plays in the same thing, what separates you? Um, you know, I think, um, you know, our, our product is and always has been actually, you know, destined, I, I hate to call it the real world as such, but, you know, we've always put the, we've always put the user right in the front so all of the engineering and the technical components, you know, are being created such that the user, you know, it will be almost implicit to the user that they're actually using the system. That's that's the aim. So, you know, we want to produce a great user experience. That's the one one thing for us, which is very important. Of course, the microeconomics and, um, you know, the micropayment system, I think, will help to drive adoption. I think it's, um, you know, people talk about digital identity that that's that's really great you know that people do talk about digital identity but you know as we see in in most things you know users will ask people will ask what what's in it for me why should i why should i take that step and use your product uh, rather than you know stay with my existing you know tools and horrible 20,000 password system that we have today. And yeah. the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that we're incentivizing people to use, to use the platform, which I think is is a new model. I haven't seen anybody else really doing that. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, of course, because, you know, I think like anybody who's developing a product, I, 
I'm really super laser focused on um, <laughs> what I'm trying to achieve. Definitely. And I know there's a lot of great stuff in in out there now and amazing things being done. But for me, it's all about the user, what the user gets, and also working at the lowest common denominator, something simple. We're not asking you to create anything. We're not asking you to do anything, actually. We're just saying transact using the system. I've often of course, said there that. is a trade-off to a degree, but yeah, it is a lowest common denominator sort of system, actually. We've talked that about that exact same concept on the podcast quite a bit over the past, I'd say, mm. even year is this idea of um, crypto is somewhat unreachable because of the user experience. And in the end, when mass adoption may take place, it's going to be when people are doing things that they either couldn't do beforehand that they want to do or things that they can do for cheaper and faster and more secure. And yeah. but they're not going to necessarily know that they're using this type of technology. So being focused on that type of thing is definitely, uh, in our opinion, important for mm. mass adoption. But delivery of that type of thing is, I think, going to be a long road and difficult. And I look forward to kind of seeing y'all's play and how it works. And, and like, yeah. it's, it's been interesting yeah, to see sure. the, the ways that different people approach the user experience and trying to give that everything is easy um yeah shine to blockchain yes i mean blockchain is you know a hard technology i mean it, it's like the internet itself in its early inca uh, incarnation when you know it was relatively difficult to use i mean when i when i was a software engineer you know we had the arpa arpanet and you know and we talked to various we talked to MIT and Carnegie Mellon and um, the big technology universities, um, but it was very difficult to use. And we had to use net news and things like that. So I'm going back a bit here. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you use the internet, but it, it was an intuitive experience. And then, of course, there was Mosaic and all of, you know, all of the rest of the and browsing and HTML and all these things. So um, the fact of the matter is it, you know, this is where we are with blockchain now. We're at the genesis of something that could be, and I think will be, really important in terms of people's everyday lives. But they may not be that aware of it. Is is the thing about it? You know, they they may use these tools, but they don't. You know, I think the average user doesn't really care as long as it it works. It does what they want it to do, and also they they have trust in it. I think that's the important thing, and I think. This is also very important for blockchain as well. As long as they trust it, um, then you know that's that's fine for them. But they may not be aware of everything that happens under the hood or, or care. So I think this is really where we are right now, and we have a fantastic opportunity, I think, to really change things in many ways. The, the, the number of things, the opportunities that blockchain offers, are really pretty vast when we think about it. And, and to, to and you know, particularly when we look at convergence with other technologies, for instance, you know, artificial intelligence, for instance, being, I guess, the major one in terms of, you know, automated trust models, you know, how you interact with an AI, how these entities will be part of your lives. They may, you may, you know, may not be walking around in your home, but, you know, the fact of the matter is that they will be pretty much, you know, omnipotent. They'll be around yeah. and controlling everything that you're doing they'll be driving your car for you i think <laughs> for yeah. one thing and you know how do i trust how do i trust externally that entity that it's it's running you know tesla version tesla os version 
2.0 rather than, you know, 1.0, which was the one that crashed last week, for instance. How do I trust my car to delivery from A to B? And of course, blockchain being a trust protocol is, is a tremendous opportunity there to, to, you know, bring that to bear. You'll be able to check whether your AI is the right AI for you or not, <laughs> which I think is an interesting, it's an interesting opportunity in a lot of ways, I would say. So yeah, some very interesting times ahead. Yeah, I think another good example is like, you know, as, as more and more medical services are, are like provisioned in virtual environments at home and cars and work, like you touched upon, I think the need for like open uh, and accessible tracking, uh, what else is there, verifying uh, mm. and provisioning of care. I mean, that's all going to become extremely critical for, for patients, providers, uh, regulators. And I know, you know, Sphere kind of has a project pipeline, like, like uh, what is it, is it mm -hmm. Eon or Ion? Eon. Yeah, Eon, you're, I mean, they're keeping up with this trend. So uh, if I'm looking at that, you know, how how is that going to contribute to, um, quote unquote, tomorrow's healthcare system? Uh, the aim of Eon is to reduce friction in the healthcare system. That's one thing, reduce waste in the healthcare system and also enable the patient to take control of their uh, medical information and also to be able to share um, that medical information with um, third parties that they want to transact with. So if a research establishment asks me for some of my medical history, then of course, as we said before, there's a there's a, an exchange of value to, um, to enable that. So E.ON will also take on board, you know, aggregated location data and it will form a complete picture of you as a person and it will also rely on some genomic information um, in order to give you a complete view of your health. Um, you know, as we see with genomics today, um, if you look at genomics today and you want to, you know, sequence your DNA, it's a one-shot thing. You, you send off your swab, you get a report back and, you know, it says this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously, obviously your genes don't change, but the science does. And that is what Eon is going to manage for you. It's going to manage new science and it's going to enable you to find out new things about yourself. And also, you know, I feel ill because, you know, um, I've got a cough, I've got a sore throat. Where was I yesterday? I was in the middle of New York City. You know, pollution index was this. And, um, you know, obviously I've I don't feel well. <laughs> That's <Right>. one example. <laughs> so it's going to enable you to make better decisions. It's not going to replace doctors, of course. I mean, I think, I think, um, not in the early days anyway. But sure. um, the fact of the matter is, it's going to make you better informed and enable you to do a lot more things, make, make better decisions around health and what you should be doing, what what you shouldn't be doing. So if I get this, if I get this right, like from from the conversation we've been having, it's like. For years now, we've discussed the implications of what blockchain can do for the society in terms of how we organize ourselves, how we communicate, how we take responsibility and own our own personal digital data, so on and so forth. And Sphere seems to be a play at attempting to provide the proper user experience around all of these philosophical things we've been discussing yeah. for years. That's right. That's right. So, I hope so. And and another aspect of of this technology is that you're able to tokenize the communities in which you build. 
to give I guess yes. scarcity and value associated with how, how how your community grows. How does the token mm-hmm. come into effect for air, for instance? What's its purpose? Is it purely speculative or does it have a particular use in in the community you're trying to build? Yeah, I mean um XID the the token that we will have is is very much focused on micropayments and also for enterprises, um, they will use, they will pay their TX fees, uh, transaction fees in, in XID. So they will need to buy XID to, uh, to use the network. So it's a, it's a combination of factors, really. We will use it as a payment method and it can be used to exchange, obviously. Uh, and for enterprises, they will need to buy transaction, uh, fee, uh, fee, uh, XID. So they will also use it. Um, we will also have, of course, um, in the network, in the trade-off, because it is a, a, you know, every every business model is a trade-off. We have some content providers. So when you register for Air, you, we're going to ask you, hey, what are you interested in? So if you say, for instance, fitness, you know, you're going to receive a, a micropayment, and we're going to send you a short four-second slice of, you know, content that you're interested in, but only content. That you're actually interested in so you know you're not going to get any kind of scattergun kind of advertising or content that you're you haven't said that you are that you want to see that you that you're intrigued by so obviously the revenue that we will receive from content providers will enable us to support the network and also you know keep up the micropayment system and we'll also have an ecosystem the enterprise customers will be using xid for their transaction fees so all of these things you know we think add up to a good utility for xid because you know when we set out we said okay well we want a token but it needs to do something. <laughs> yeah. There's no point of having a token that just kind of is issued for a crowd sale and then it just sits on an exchange and it's of no use. We want it to be the currency of identity, basically. So, you know, obviously that that's a big aim, but, you know, we want it to be heavily used in order to transact, you know, share value and also um, enable uh, enable users to grow their personal wealth which I think is really important to help people monetize themselves and get involved in the digital economy in a simple way. So um, these, these are the aims of the token, really, I would say. All right. I think that's a, that's a, a definitely an ambitious goal, but one worth, one worth trying to get at. And uh, I think that's Absolutely. a great way of kind of wrapping up this, this episode. And, and uh, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. Of course, we always have one more, one more question we ask all of our guests, and that's: uh, Can you explain blockchain in ten words or less? Uh, yes, it's uh, a decentralized trust protocol that enables you to cryptographically secure information, and it's also mutable, so um, that information cannot be changed. You went a little over ten words, but I'll give it to you. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't counting. Sorry, I should have my fingers going. <laughs> no, you're not Sorry. the only one for sure. I'd guarantee that. Get carried away. For, everyone gets carried away pretty quickly, including myself. Great stuff. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show, and I look forward to kind of uh, seeing y'all progress and, and how things go. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thanks for your time. And that was the interview with Mr. Seymour. Looks just like George Clooney. 
also known as Mr. Spear, CEO Spear. I hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. What was your most enjoyable thing about that interview? Um, that security is being upgraded because security is very important in uh, a financial space. It seems like he's really trying to build out the infrastructure for like, or like the the way we use a lot of these things. Digital identity is going to be important. I'm curious to see kind of which one plays out. So hearing from all the different people who are doing it is cool to me. Mm. And it's kind of a new take. And it's also nice to see people using AirBits. I like, I like AirBits. Yeah. yeah. AirBits is an old friend of the show. We're technically still AirBits ambassadors. I have a giant stack of AirBits stickers sitting right next to me. So do I actually. I'm looking at them. Yeah, we if we do this show long enough, bro, we're gonna have stacks of a lot of things from a lot of companies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got the amount of swag that was passed around these conferences was uh was was amusing. I got I'm I, I was wearing yesterday my my uh, big chain DB T shirt that I got <laughs> from Bruce Pond. Was that there was fun? Was there anybody that was actually like delighted to see that you were? The Bitcoin podcast, like anybody that you met that you yeah. were talking to, and then you're like, "Hey, I'm actually third host Corey on the Bitcoin podcast," and they're like, "What? This is the show all the time? What the fuck?" Yeah, that's Did just that one person it happened a lot. Oh, cool. People came up, yeah. said hello. People from the Slack came up and said hello. People from you know all over the place were just like, "Hey, man, I saw your I saw your hat. I saw the shirt. What's up?" Or like it would come up in conversation and they'd be like, oh, I love the show. You'll do a great job. I didn't get anybody tell me that we do garbage. So that was really nice. Granted, I'm not sure someone would just automatically come out and say that. I would. I wish they would. So we could could, could get into a battle of wits. That's when the truth comes out. (laughs) No, I like to hear. um, I'd like to know if any of those people that like respond on our website are there like, you guys shouldn't be talking about women like that. Or like, <laughs> you know, like everybody. If you're not a member of that race, you shouldn't talk about that race yeah. at all. Recreational like, outrage. Yeah. I'm going to comment yeah. on so many people's hair just in spite of that one. Um, I forgot who it was. <laughs> that was the most hilarious shit of all time. I loved reading that. Was, that. that was all email through email, thread. and I, f- I forget her name. That, that's, that doesn't matter, but let's go through like what happened in the emails after we set yeah. out the, uh, the, the, like, the podcast. So, if I could fill you in, listeners, uh, Cello has a thing about commenting on our guest's hair. Sometimes. No, just I would say Cello has a thing about commenting on some physical aesthetic of our guests, regardless of maybe hair, maybe like... Yeah. like complexion but you just said he looked like george clooney so you yeah we do that we do that right we do like for instance donald richard looks like businessman jaheem remember <laughs> jaheem from just in case i don't make it home tonight that's what he look every time i look at a trello i see jaheem but anyways uh so cello we interviewed this guy i can't remember his name but he had amazing hair so Cello was like, this guy's got the best hair in the cryptocurrency industry. And what was his name? Do we it even was know? Like Michael, it was Michael something. Dunworth? Was, Dunworth. Michael Dunworth? I'll look it, it up. I'll look it up while you continue talking. Yeah, it was a total I got our, pod, I got our site up right now. Just continue yeah. talking. I'll tell you who it was later. Yeah. 
he was just like, God, this guy has just amazing hair. And we were like, all right, cool. And then uh, later, like four episodes later, we interviewed this woman. No, it was the very next one. It was the very yep, next yep, one. next episode. Oh, was... Very next oh, episode. Okay. So we interviewed this woman, and it went really well. And then in the round table, we were talking, and Cello was like, oh, and she has phenomenal hair. Like, again, it just so happened to be that was the week of everyone has good hair. And she writes us this email. And in the email, it's like, hey, guys, I appreciated everything and how professionally you treated me. But why would you feel the need to highlight my hair? It's, like, not important. It's rather unprofessional. And um, I bet you wouldn't do this. (laughs) I bet you wouldn't highlight how nice a man's hair looked. That came on your show. <laughs> and that's when it got fun. So I'll let you take it from here, Cello. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was like, funny you should say that. Because I do do that. Why don't, you tune in, <laughs> why don't you tune in to the episode before you? Yeah, I, uh, I wrote a nice, I wrote a back real long email that, you know, we're equal opportunity offenders, right? Like, and that's this kind of what we do. It's part of the show. It's part of the mystique of what we do. And we're, we're entertainment. And just as point of note, we literally did what you said we probably didn't do the episode before you. <laughs> and you you linked it and you put like audio, like you I timestamped it. Yeah. You, you timestamped it like at this very minute, Cello said this guy had amazing hair. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> yeah. And then and then you get like two weeks later the Perry and Boring Bitcoin uncensored stuff happened and then I'm just coming to the conclusion not to offend women, but if you're gonna be in this predominantly male space you just got to have like a thicker skin about it because i mean we're not here trying to over sexualize people you know yeah it's it's i could see how it's tough i actually had a conversation like this with with my about this with my sister-in-law uh super pro super professional woman like feminist really feminist and she was just like I was like, how do we approach this problem in the Bitcoin space where it's like all dudes? It's one giant sausage party. Like, there's no women around. And sometimes things can get a little goony. And it's like, I don't want women to not be around because women make stuff better. Like history shows that the fact, if I were a history teacher, that would be all I would say. And that's what's on the test. What makes stuff better? A, money. B planning, C women, or D none of the above. The answer would be C. So, like, how do we get more women wanting to come into the space? That's that's the question mark I have. Well, like, okay. So there's there's a, here's here's the problem, uh, that, and it's a, it's pretty much a numbers game almost. And the way I, and the way I see this is that the tech industry is the subset of like. The, the world. So like if you look at the world population, we have 50% men, 50% women, roughly, mm-hmm. we'll call it that. And then if you look at the tech industry, which is a, is, which is a, a, a bubble of the general world, we don't have, you, you drastically lose that percentage. It's no longer 50-50 for some, for some reason or another. And it's heavily skewed towards men, particularly mm-hmm. probably, you know, White nerdy men is the stereotype associated with the tech industry. And then you look at blockchain, which is a microcosm of the tech community, which only exacerbates that already minuscule or like marginalized 
women in the space. So if we were to just do episodes relative to the proportion of women who are in the blockchain space to men, it would be like, you know, 20, 30, 40 to one. So we'd never have episodes with women only because it's like just based on the statistics of the situation on who's in the space. That's the, that's the proportions. And so like, it's hard to find women because there aren't nearly as many women in the space, but we would like more women to be in the space and the women also would love more women to be in the space so they can, you know, they can form their communities and get you because women and women are different. They want to talk about different things. They have different motivations, but ultimately I don't want to talk to anybody on this show unless you're doing something like interesting. And so I usually find things I'm interested in and then go after whoever's behind them. And unfortunately, because of the statistics of like the ratio between men and women, most of the time that's a man. So Mm. does that mean we only care about men? No, it means we only talk to men when we get people on the show. Granted, I think we have more women on our show than most in the entire space by happenstance. Women but it's not something better. we're going after. It's not something that I'm personally going after. I don't really care. I only care if you're doing something interesting. Right. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Now, that being said, and this is a conversation I had with somebody um, during one of the after parties, is that I don't care that you're a woman, and that's not why I want to bring you on a show, if I want to bring you on the show. But if you come on the show and you're a woman... I'm very interested in your perspective as a woman and how you think about the problem because I think everyone can agree women you typically think about problems differently than men. I mean to say women and men are completely the same is ridiculous because we're calling them two different things. So mm-hmm. and I, I feel like their brains work differently and how they approach problems is usually is generally differently. There are always outliers. So I'm curious to see, like, what was the thought process behind making the decisions that led to the project they're behind as a woman, or maybe how they feel about being in the space as a woman. If that's not the, that's not the reason why I brought them on. Mm. So I like to know what product they use. What do you What do you do? Like, <laughs> it's kidding. I definitely shat all over that, but yeah, I, I wish there were more like when. I, Perry and Boring was so turned off from podcasts from whatever what went down on the on Bitcoin Uncensored that she will not even respond to my. I think yeah, like, she's done. No, I don't. I don't. Like, I don't I think never... that the grilling she got from Bitcoin Uncensored would have been like they didn't do that because she's a woman. That could have yeah, been no, done on anyone. Everyone. Like that's that's they not that was not a sexist stuff. thing whatsoever. They did that because they felt. Krista Rose felt like it needed to be done based on her position. I don't know. I'm yeah. speaking for him. He can maybe think differently, but in my opinion, I don't think he did that because she's a woman. Well, here's a fun fact. I remember when we got Perry Allen on, she's the only guest to ever ask us for background information. She wanted to know like social security numbers and uh, references so she can call past employers. And it was ridiculous. Word? I don't remember that part. Well, I, I acquired her, so I had to go through that process. You gave her the you gave her that stuff. I did not. 
Oh, okay. I was going to say. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> well, but I, I basically it was. I basically just said, look, Corey's a doctor. This guy has got a bachelor's in mathematics. Like, we're not yahoos. Like, just come on the show or not. It's it's for your benefit. And you're hot. What's funny is that <laughs> uh, I, I did that inter- interview solo dolo, and I miss I mispronounced the name of what is it uh, the cryptocurrency. I oh, still don't fucking know it. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like I did it every time, like every single time. I was like, yeah. So tell us about the crypt cryptocurrency, the the group. Tell us about that group thing that you do. Did you see? <laughs> DCG digital uh, currency group I think no not digital currency group it's the uh, cryptocurrency yeah, I don't fucking know I got the internet right chamber of digital commerce chamber of digital commerce yeah. there we go I was like digital ch- chamber she was there digital, digital she spoke cha- quite tell a bit. me about the digital anyways let's do some ads yeah let's do some ads and then wrap it up we're getting, <laughs> we're, getting long-winded. we're done with this <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for listening on this Memorial Day weekend uh, episode 130 is also brought to you by Athena Bitcoin who happened to party in New York with Corey this week but yeah. they're, they're the most trusted name in Bitcoin ATM still how was Gil by the way cool guy cool dude man really enjoyed talking to him yeah thanks for the swag Gil uh, they're located in Houston Fort Worth Dallas seven other US cities actually like ten other US cities I think my script is old. They're booming. The script is old. Yeah, they're they're doing the thing, and uh, you're going to hear about them more because they uh, they're going to continue being our sponsors because we believe in their product. So download the Athena Bitcoin wallet on the App Store or Google Play for specific locations. More information, visit athenabitcoin.com. And we're also brought to you by Athena Bitcoin's portfolio company, Bitquick.co. They are the secure, quick, and easy peer-to-peer Bitcoin marketplace where you can get Bitcoin for cash and a little is just three hours and they've been serving bitcoiners for about four years now since 2013 so where there's a bank there's bitquick and last but not least we are also brought to you by the equibit development corporation and they're building several apps that are decentralizing the securities industry and if you're you know curious uh, about the securities industry it's just like the banking industry it's filled with centralized intermediaries that clear and sell transactions they handle shareholder communications and a bunch of other labor-intensive work. It's pretty involved. So these expensive tasks can now be replaced with peer-to-peer technologies that bring the cost of performing this work down dramatically. So issuing companies, dealers, and investors, they're all going to benefit significantly from cutting away this part of the overhead. So their main initiative is Equibit.org. That's E-Q-U-I-B-I-T.org. You can also sign up for that newsletter. Shout out to Nathan Wozniak. Their second ICO with new terms is going to be coming really, really soon. So be on the lookout. Family. Family. Paula. So we're going to wrap it up. Give them, give them how they get to us. Tell them about joining our Slack because that's Absolutely. the easiest way to talk to us. So we're also um, brought to you guys by Broccoli and Cheddar Hot Pockets. You um, they make those? Who would eat those? It's the most neglected hot pocket flavor of all. You Burning can hot cheese with cold broccoli. It you is, can never get it right. It is marvelous. Just use a <laughs> toaster oven. That's, you can't go wrong with the hot pocket. You just use a toaster oven. You guys are failing. 
And we're brought to you by their portfolio group uh, that is an investment group, but you can only be a part of the investment group eat your hot pockets with a fork and knife. Um, it's really weird. Like, I don't know what that's about, but. That's part of it. Like, it's part of the know your customer information when you sign up. You have to take yeah. a picture of you eating a pot pocket with a fork and knife. That's part of it. And it's really strange. And I've always thought it was strange if I saw anyone who ate a hot pocket with a fork and knife. Um, I, w- I feel like that that's just really strange. Well, you do but, it so you don't burn the shit out of your lip with the scalding hot filling. Wait a second. That sounds like a person who eats a hot pocket with a fork that, and knife. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm burning my mouth. I'm not burning my, I'm not burning the entire roof of my mouth on the damn hot pocket. All right, so, um, we're we're not brought to you by them. We're brought to, we're brought to you by individual Kool Aid packets. Um, so if you guys want to hit us up on Twitter, you can go to at the BTC podcast. Or didn't we just change that? Did we just no, change that? I I just changed the name. I didn't change the actual at. Oh yeah. So if you look at the name, it's the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Out because that's what we are, and you're gonna see, you're gonna see and hear a lot of changes coming down the pipeline. That's because if you don't change, you don't grow, and we're growing, so we're changing. Like Corey's new show. Corey, tell us about your new show real quick. Yeah, yeah got a new show coming out called Announcements with Doctor Petty, where I you know find shows that want to come on and, and tell us something that's going on, and uh, it's basically just an an interview with. The person of interest for whatever project, token sale, ICO, announcement going on, and uh, I ask him, you know, what what problem he's solving with blockchain, why it's important. Ask him about the details of whatever he's doing and uh, what happens if it fails. So you can get that information real quick if you're interested in what they're doing. And this will be a a um, a, a paid podcast, so those who come on that show will be paying to get on it. So they're really trying to push. Um, whatever project they're doing and, and, and care enough to have your listens and want to get to you because we don't really take payments for a lot of stuff that we do. So most of the stuff that we say is not motivated by the people paying us. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we got that new show. Of course, if you've been with us for a while, you know, on Rampant with the where I attempt to interview people to get a real time pulse on what it's like for people don't really have a lot of knowledge about Bitcoin, but they, they, they want to know a little bit more. So I try to on-ramp. Um, Tello's going to have a show called Hot Wheels Collector, where he talks about all the Hot Wheels cars that he collects over the years. I already have ideas for the first 100 episodes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Eventually, Cello will have a show, I think. Hopefully. I'm crossing my... Um, Let's get around to it. I do want to uh, say though that um, uh, wait, are we on shoutouts yet? My bad, I didn't mean to rush you. We're not at shoutouts, but we will be. Uh, so if you want to talk to us uh, or talk to people that are genuinely interested in uh, what we do, you can join the Slack. You go to the website, thebitcoinpodcast.com. You look at the top; it'll say Slack. You click that. Don't click anything else if you want to join the Slack. Click the button that says Slack. <laughs> All right, and then. Sign up. Now, here's the thing. I just want to address this. We get some complaints sometimes. And you, we don't treat them as customer complaints because we don't get it. But if you click that link and you sign up 
with those steps you get in the slack. It's pretty automated. Unless you're a friend of Ken Bozak, then for some reason you can't get in. (laughs) Don't do the call-out session. Sorry. (laughs) This isn't about that. Okay. But we we, kind of make it easy on everyone. We make it easy on you. We make it easy on us. And so go to the Slack by hitting the Slack button. Uh, We also have a blog on themedium.com. Uh, so I think it's the medium.com slash the Bitcoin podcast. There's lots of things on there. Corey releases his ICO analysis on there. Uh, Ken writes about how to's on there. Uh, we also have Ken's show, uh, Bitcoin talk where he interviews, uh, personalities in the community. And, uh, he also has videos on his YouTube about how to sports bet, how to use a blue ledger blue, how to, he's just, if you need to know like how to physically do something that we talk about on the show, you're going to want to go to Ken's show. All right. So like how do you get a Coinbase account? Boom. He's on there. How to start a blockchain.info wallet. Boom. That's on there. So that's Ken stuff. Ken is the wizard in how to's. Um, let's see. What else? Here. Are we missing anything? No. I guess we say we're available for sponsorship if anybody sponsors. Uh, you're going to have to battle for that spot from individual Kool-Aid packets, though. Um, and if we don't believe in what you're doing, we probably won't do it. <laughs> yeah, like if, if it we sounds scammy it, and we look yeah. into it, it still sounds scammy. We're not going to take it. We've yeah. turned down sponsors before. We turn down sponsors if it looks like crap and we don't want it. So don't don't come at us with some crooked shit like don't do that. Um, well, I think that's about it. Uh, shout out to Zoe Saldana, of course. Um, shout out to Viola Davis. Um, shout out to uh, Tyra Banks. She's still doing it. Um, still doing it. And shout out to Charlize Theron, a South African goddess. What's up? What do you got, Cello? Shout out to loyal listener Lane Miller, who attempted to donate some money to us, but Kraken wouldn't let him. But it's the thought that counts. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Who would let him? That's the question. Thank you, Lane. Uh, shout out to Brad. He knows who he is. <laughs> shout out to all those folks I got to talk to at the, at the, at the, uh, the meetups. It was nice to kind of... Yep. Finally, get to put a face to the name, and and uh, we appreciate y'all listening to us. Yep. Shout out to GoBots. They were slept on because Transformers got more popular, but GoBots did work. Well, Ophelia's <laughs> right. up. We got to go. That means it's time to go. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, it's been awesome making episode number one hundred and thirty billion. Uh, they. Oh.